When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. I did it for my den. Well, that's my two-year-old grandson's playroom. But I did have my little tyke's basketball hoop up. So during timeouts, I, I played myself a little horse. You know, I was shooting that little tyke's basketball during timeouts. <laughs> so I got my exercise in. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Welcome in to the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm your host, John Little. Thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or make it a, make us a favorite if you're on Spotify or at Google Play, wherever you listen to us. Uh, make sure you you know, bookmark us however you can do that and check back every single week and a couple times a week for our various podcasts here. So excited to have Ron Thulin on the program. We will get to him in just a moment. But first off, I just want to say thanks. I got a very nice message. Um, somebody reached out through Facebook this week and just told me how much the interview show has meant to them over the last couple of years and that they've missed having me um, be as consistent a voice on this feed as I've been in the past. And man, I, I just really appreciate that. It, it was a very kind note and it meant a lot. It's been a tough last nine months for me. I went through some deep personal stuff and I wouldn't be as public about this on everything I do. Um, some places it's appropriate, sometimes it's not. But I feel like you and I have shared enough personal moments over the last couple of years uh, we've talked about enough really important things, whether it be social issues, you know, uh, tough things to talk about, whatever the case may be, that I, I feel like I can say this. But 
Um, you know, I, I went through a divorce this year and it was not something I ever pictured for myself. Um, you know, I have three kids, uh, my girls who I love more than anything in the world. And there's been nothing wrong as far as that goes. I mean, my relationship with them is as strong as ever, maybe stronger than it ever has been. But my marriage came to an end. And when that happens, you've really got to look at everything, where you spend your time, what fulfills you the most. And, um, you know, obviously it takes a lot more time to do things that used to be simple. Um, you know, it really throws off your groove. And all of us had grooves thrown off during COVID, right? And this got thrown on top of it for me. So all that to say, something that's been really encouraging to me lately is something I just, I wanted to pass on to you is that where I'm going and who I'm becoming is so much more important than who I've been so much more important. And that goes for every single one of us. If we're having a rough patch. If there are things in our lives that we don't feel good about that we can present that are lovely, that are, you know, present that perfect image, um, it can cause a huge lack of confidence. It can cause us to hide. It can cause us to not present our full selves because we don't want to be judged. There's a lot of cancel culture out there. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I see it on Twitter. I see it all the time. And while I don't condone people doing the wrong thing with their life, and that starts with me, when people do do the wrong things, and we all have at some point in our life, as long as we have a willingness to change, a willingness to step up and say, I'm going to be better, then let's give people that chance. And not only let's give people that chance, let's give ourselves that chance, okay? That's just my challenge for you today. And I know it's probably not what you were expecting to hear, but it was something on my heart. Wanted to say it to you. So I'm saying that to you, dear listener, who you're becoming and where you're going, so much more important than who you've been. I wanted to share that. I felt responsible to share that because this guy has been so supportive through this time for me. Ron Thulin is our guest, the play-by-play announcer for the Dallas Wings, and uh, years and years, a play-by-play broadcaster in this world, more than four decades of experience, just a wealth of knowledge, stories about everybody. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun, but more than that, he's a very personal person as well, very deeply cares about people. He's able to have relationships with him, and that's what I absolutely love. So I want you to know that about Ron before we start, that he's an incredibly caring person, and I really appreciate the way he's personally cared for me. Let's get into it. Let's preview the WNBA season with one of the best dudes I know, Ron Thulin. Uh, always a pleasure, John. You're one of my good friends, and uh, I'll do anything for you. Oh, well, that's um, that is so kind of you, sir. Like I said, I've been really looking forward to this, and, and I'll tell you why. I just think you've got such a depth of knowledge. You've been doing the broadcasting thing for you know, so long in so many different ways. You've got a story about everybody. And um, that's that's what I'm excited about is just being able to to pull some of that out today, some of that great storytelling. So um, first off, uh, excited to have a WNBA season that we can be at in person this year. Oh, that's that's the big thing to me. I mean, uh, you know, the, last year was tough. It, it was really, really tough. Not only the players, 
and the coaches, but also the officials because they were in the wobble too. And what the WNBA did last year, pulling that off, what to me was remarkable. I mean, they were, they were unbelievable what they did to throw that together, to take basically uh, a soundstage, a movie studio and turn it into two basketball courts where they were playing two games simultaneously and getting a, a pretty much a national television package out of it was phenomenal. And Kathy Engelbert, the, uh, uh, the commissioner of the WNBA, she was spectacular last year and everybody did and everybody put a heck of an effort into it, but everybody missed the live stuff. I mean, I was in an exhibition game the other day and, and there were no fans allowed, but still you could, you could feel the different atmosphere. And the, I know the players are really excited about it just to have fans cheering. And I think all across the league, people are just itching to get back into the arenas and actually see a live game. I know I am. I don't know how I avoided doing any games remotely this last year because it seemed like everybody around me was doing remote. And that's great. We learned how to do it. You know, I, I was so fortunate to be able to do a lot of stuff in person this last year, but you, I felt like you guys were the guinea pigs last year, um, yeah. you know, kind of going out there, um, you know, they had the, I guess there were about eight of you uh, between the play-by-play and the, and the color doing all the games in the Wubble. Uh, you were all uh, remote and it, you were doing it really in the infancy, it feels like, of remote broadcasting. What was the biggest challenge in that and what did you learn last summer in doing that i learned i can do games in my utah jazz gym shorts and flip-flops with no <laughs> socks and my shirt <laughs> oh I mean, that was sweet i mean it was i don't think i wore shoes or flip-flops or anything for half the games and uh, you know and it, it, see i had done a bunch of stuff i, I remember back in the 80s i did the italian open tennis tournament from uh, an audio booth in dallas and i did the iron man triathlon from an audio booth in dallas and i was supposed to be the helicopter reporter this is a funny story but i was supposed to be the helicopter reporter well you know i'm trying to talk like those helicopter pilots do you know i'm real loud you know <laughs> and but it wasn't sounding right so one of the guys that i was working with that was uh, the a2 the audio guy he said I know what I'm going to do. So every time they went to me, he started thumping his chest, like sounding like rotor blades from no, a helicopter. He no, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. I swear to, uh, God's honest truth story. And the first time we did it, I just started laughing. I am just dying <laughs> cracked it up. Uh, and they go, they go, you can't, you can't laugh, Doolin. You can't laugh. I said, well, this guy's in here beating his chest like George of the Jungle, you know. Uh, so I kind of had an experience doing that. I mean, uh, I've done uh, a few years ago. Fox decided one of the first uh, times they did this, was probably five years ago, they wanted to do a, a, a baseball game remote, and and we did the game. And ironically, we did it from a studio. That was a mile away from the actual game, wow. which I thought was really stupid. But, <laughs> you know, I did it. So I, I kind of not, I, nothing shocked me. The hardest part to me, setting up the equipment, first of all, making sure it works, praying that the Internet doesn't go mm-hmm. out um, and seeing the numbers. Because last year, you might remember, they didn't have numbers on the front of the WNBA jerseys. They had yep. sponsors on it. And so now you have that where you can't see. And the officials were dying. I mean, I had one official text me right before our first game. He said, hey, if it looks like we're being slow to call a foul, we have to walk around them to see behind them. Now, you couple that with the fact a lot of them have the hair in the back that covers up the numbers. So just 
finding who these players were coming off of TV. And I had a 52 inch TV in front of me, but still it was hard. And you have to, you really got to concentrate. Um, I had our guys a uh, half hour before hour before just start shooting players on the floor, warming up. So I could write down body type, you know, uh, braids, blonde, uh, you know, bald head, whatever physical characteristic I'd write down. So I get an idea who these people were, but it, that made it a little difficult. But after the first, uh, run through of all 12 teams, it, it got easier after that. Um, and the second hardest part was the interaction with your, your analyst. And you know, this you've, you know, when you're sitting next to somebody, you can kind of tell when they want to say something, mm-hmm. uh, you feel it. And you're looking over to the court and you can see somebody, you know, sitting on the bench, you know, blowing their, their lunch up or something. And so, you you know, you see a lot more. But having that interaction with with your analysts was tough. So what they did, um, you know, we didn't have we did, I guess we did have it in the Big 12 this year. But what they did is they put my analyst on a little Mac computer with me. So if she wanted to say something, and in this case was Carolyn Peck, you know, she'd raise her hand or something. But you're trying to watch the big screen and you're trying to watch that Mac at the same time, because I wanted to make sure it was a conversation, you know, not, okay, Ron goes, okay, Carolyn goes, okay, Ron goes. I don't like that. I'd I'd rather have a conversation on there. So that took us, I bet it took us two weeks to finally get into a flow where I understood her rhythm. Uh, As you know, some color guys, you know, they'll start talking and they'll pause and they start talking again. Well, you have a tendency of jumping in. Well, they're not done. And I had to learn her cadence. And once I did that, it was after a couple of weeks, it was fine. But uh, just just the interaction was the big thing. You know, having the officials come over and talk to you during a game and, hey, we did this, we called this. Um, you know, I have a great relationship with all the officials. And sometimes during timeouts, I'd call them over and say, you know, okay, why did you call it that way? And we didn't have that. So we had to stay away from speculation. Uh, that was a big thing you had to keep in the back of your mind the whole time is don't speculate why they made that call because we didn't have the luxury of talking to them. Um, but all in all, I had a blast doing it. I mean, you know, it, it was fun, uh, a little more difficult, but you know, we didn't have the luxury of like the, uh, uh, the Dallas stars or the, the Mavericks where they did it in kind of a semi confined studio with audio guys and stats and all that. We did everything ourselves. I mean, we set up our own equipment. We, you know, we didn't have stat people. Um, so we pretty much had to go old school on that. And, uh, you know, but it was not a big deal. I mean, everybody's making a big deal about it. And I just went, you know, rule number one, I learned when I first got in television, go with what you got. That's news 101. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't think it was any big deal, but it was fun. It was a learning experience, but I'd rather do them live much rather. Absolutely. So it's going to be a blessing to be back at College Park Center. I, I thought that, I mean, just you guys did a great job. I mean, my heart was going out to you and I was, you know, just trying to think as I was watching, okay, what's going on behind the scenes right now? What is their biggest challenge? So, and I was just impressed with how they came out. So, hey, uh, just a tip of the cap to you and everybody well, else. It was just. Well, the, the fun part too was we, I did it from my den. Well, that's my two-year-old grandson's playroom when he comes here. <laughs> But I did have my little tykes basketball hoop up. So during timeouts, I, I played myself a little horse. You know, I was, I was shooting that little tykes basketball during timeouts. <laughs> so I got my exercise in. You know, of course, I was sitting down, and it was a rubber ball. And it was two feet away, but 
I consider that exercise. Absolutely. And you never lost. You never lost a game of horse. No, no. I didn't lose a game last year. It was great. (laughs) Outstanding. (laughs) Ron Thulin, again, is with us, a longtime uh, announcer of all sports. I mean, uh, Olympic, everything. I couldn't possibly, like he just said, I mean, we couldn't possibly go through everything that he's been uh, through in his life. Um, And I I just want to get a sense, though. um, I mean, you're definitely considered an... I don't know how you want to put it, an expert, a uh, an authority when it comes to women's basketball, college and pro. How did that morph for you over the years? It's not that you haven't done a bunch of other sports as well, uh, but of course you were on that uh, Big 12 package forever, it seemed like, with, with Fox. How did that morph for you? Well, it, it actually started back in, I think it was 1978. Marita Hines uh, was the OU women's softball coach, and the field's named after actually. And Marita and the women's golf coach at Oklahoma, and I was doing local news, I was a weekend anchor, would call me constantly, and, ju- and the women's basketball coach, Peggy, just constantly, you got to cover women's sports, you got to go. And, I, and you know, I was with the three macho guys in our sports department, and went, I know nobody cares about that. And I said, come on, let's just go out there, and let me, let me do something with them. So I went out there, and I just fell in love with it. And I started doing women's sports back in the 70s, and... You know, I even did, you'll love this, the Oklahoma City Dolls. You probably never heard of them. No, I haven't. Women's, so, yeah. women's professional football team back in, I think it was 80, 81. Wow. That won the Women's Professional Football League Championship in Toledo, Ohio. I actually did their games. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, that was, and, oh, I got I got killed by my friends, of course. You know, why are you doing that? And But I liked it. It was fun. I mean, uh, uh, there, there was some naivete about it. Um, you know, they weren't stuck up. They weren't affected. They just wanted to play sports. And there was a purity about it that I really, really liked. And, you know, and then I just started doing more and more women's sports. You know, even when I got to Turner, um, you know, I did everything from synchronized swimming, which was really fun. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. Uh, the only thing I could think of was the Saturday Night Live skit with Martin Short, right. you know, and he, he had the orange vest on. Um which the synchronized swimming people, when I brought that up, didn't think that was funny Probably at all. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they, they were ready to kick my butt out. I mean, they really were. They were, that's not funny. <laughs> so it was hysterical. What are you talking about? You know, like Gumi, you know, when he did that. Um, and so Turner always gave me the women's sports. And I just liked it because I, I liked it. It wasn't an ego thing. It was these women are competing hard, just as hard and sometimes harder mm-hmm. than the men. And I, I just... I just liked it. And, uh, you know, and then when the big 12, when I, when I left Turner and the big 12 opened up and I started doing more and more back in the nineties, um, I just loved it. And when the team, the Dallas wings decided to move here, uh, one of the managing partners, uh, it was a guy I've known for 30 years. And, and he called me up and said, Hey, could you help us get a TV package together? We want you to do it. We're coming from Tulsa. And I said, sure. And, uh, you know, that was the first year they were here. And, I've been doing it ever since, you know, and, and I love it. And, you know, a lot of my NBA friends go, why aren't you back in the NBA? I said, I don't want to be back in the NBA. I'm happy here. <laughs> I really am. Uh, I enjoy it too much. So, you know, my love for it started decades ago and it continues to this day. Uh, it seems like you've got friends everywhere. You know everybody, so it is, um, and, and you got stories about everything. So uh, uh, you definitely fit. There's no doubt about that. And as we move into the WNBA season, 
Just yesterday, you got to see a preseason game between the Wings and the Sun. I know neither team had everybody at their disposal, uh, especially the Wings. I mean, they right. uh, didn't have Arike or it uh, looks like Marina didn't play, uh, Harrison, uh, Satu. Uh, so there was a, a lot of talent that was not available for Dallas. But what stuck out to you yesterday? Um, how everybody just was anxious to play. Uh, a couple of things stood out. Number one, um, I think that the wings are going to be okay. They they did not play well defensively yesterday, and that was probably the biggest thing that drove Vicki Johnson crazy, the head coach, because she's such a great defensive coach and was a great defensive player. Offensively, Alicia Gray just looks – her confidence has soared, skyrocketed. I think she hit her first three shots yesterday, and two of them were threes. She just is just so locked into this season. And, and she and I talked last week about that. And that's why she worked. She's going to be in the Olympics for the uh, three on three this year. So she's looking forward to that. She stood out to me and Megan Gustafson. Um, I don't know if Megan's going to make the team. There's, there's a big numbers crunch, you know, and, and it's going to be tough, but it's not because of lack of effort and improvement. She is, I'm not kidding, John. She is a hundred percent better than when she first came here two years ago. 100% better. She's playing more freely. Her body looks better. Uh, she's in great shape. She fought hard. I mean, it was, it was impressive. I am, and she's one of those players, you know, how, how you, and you've done in your career, you find that one player you really like and yep. you're pulling for. Yeah. That's Megan. Megan is just, you know, she's the role model to me for women's basketball. She really is um, an incredible young lady. And, uh, you know, she's going to be a success no matter what she does, but she looked really good to me yesterday. Charlie Collier, I thought, struggled. Was 0 for 5 in the first half. She finished with a double-double, but um, I didn't expect her. My expectations of her were tempered by the fact there's such a big jump between college basketball and the WNBA. Um, she favors one shoulder way too much, and in the WNBA, they figure that out after game one and Connecticut already had it figured out because her first two shots were blocked. You know, she went to her signature move and it was like, no, get that stuff out of here. <laughs> you can't bring that college stuff in here. And I think knowing her and I've known her because of the university of Texas and talking to her former coach, Karen Aston, um, she's one of those that go, okay, that wasn't good. I'm going to work on that. And she's going to work hard at it. Um, so I think that, you know, she, She's going to be interesting, but the hardest part is when you don't have Arike there, you don't have Satu Sabli there, you know, uh, Marina Mayberry, she was hurt, so she wasn't there. You know, uh, Harrison, she just got back in town. And, and of course, you know, the, the number two pick, Wakawir from Finland, uh, she's not even in yet. Uh, this is going to be a different team, and it's going to take a couple of weeks to get it going. I mean, they start this week, and uh, two weeks from, uh, I guess, Saturday the twenty. Ninth, I guess it is. I think it's the 29th is, uh, or 22nd, I guess. Um, that's going to be the first home game. And I'm anxious to see how they are then. But there, there were a lot of positive signs, but they needed to get it. Connecticut, they were missing three starters, but they had a lot of players who just excelled last year. And, uh, Heideman was spectacular yesterday, the little guard. Um, and I was talking to the coaching staff after the game and, they're really pleased with, with where they're at right now. And when they get their three starters back, they're going to be good. And they were really good at the end of the year. So I think it was just a case of let's go out there, let's see where we are, and let's see what we need to work on. And 
I would not have wanted to be at practice today. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I was the Dallas Wings. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to see that movie again. And uh, but it's it's Vicky is just such a incredible person. I've been blessed to know her for years, and uh, she's going to do a great job for the Wings. Yeah, dive a little bit more into that. What are you expecting from Coach Johnson? You know, what do you think her fingerprints will look like on this team? Well, the first thing is she played in the WNBA. That's the first thing. She played overseas. She knows what it's like to come back. And then two weeks later, you're putting a WNBA uniform on. She understands the, the, the physicality. She understands the, how hard she's going to have to push them in the early going because most of these players have been playing solidly since November. Well, actually, since the WNBA last year, there was no big break, like a month or two break. They went right to their, their international teams. She has a keen understanding of that. And I think that's going to be big. Second, she is, as I mentioned, a great defensive coach. Um, she, in talking to Dan Hughes, you know, he, she played for him and was an assistant with him, now the head coach of Seattle. She dots every I and crosses every T when it comes to game planning. I mean, she really breaks down the game. And I think defensively, this team is going to be a lot better than what they showed yesterday um, because they're going to get a lot better players in, obviously. But I think their fingerprint is going to be defense. I, I really think so. I think, and she's going to have these players playing a little more freely. Um, last year, I, you know, Brian's an incredible coach. Brian Agler was an incredible coach. But I think the players are going to have a little more freedom this year. Um, it's not going to be so, you know, set play every time you walk down the court. And if the game clock resets, you got to run another set play. I think there's going to be a little more freedom in there. And that's just my opinion. I'm, I, I may be wrong, but um, I just think Vicky understands that as a player that, and in this day and age, maybe not 10 years ago, but now you got to give these players some freedom. And I think Dallas has the players that can have that freedom and not take advantage of it. And I think she's going to understand that with this, this young group that, you know, you, you can't just put a rope around them, you know, like lassoing a horse and trying to tame them. You got to let them, you know, buck a little bit. And I think she's going to do that. Is there no doubt that uh, Awakwier is coming over this year, that she is going to be a part of the team in Dallas? As of yesterday, she was. I mean, that's what I was told yesterday. You know, they're waiting for her to come. Um, she's 19, obviously. Um, Reagan Peebley, the TCU head women's coach who I do the games with, she just thinks this girl is going to be a superstar. I mean, she is versatile. She can. She's a Magic Johnson type. She can, you know... She can run the point. She can play the five. Uh, she's all over the place, it, but she's just so skinny. And how is she going to play to the rigors of the WNBA when you have, you know, three or four games in a week and playing against, you know, top-level competition? Not that Europe isn't, but she doesn't face the competition there as she's going to face here. How is she going to handle that? I mean, how is she going to handle recovery? That's a big thing. And diet and, you know, language barrier is not going to be a problem for her. She speaks great English. Um, but it's just all the, as Pat Riley used to call them, peripheral opponents, you know, the outside things that are going to affect her. How is she going to handle that? You know, being that far away from her her home and, and her family and friends. Um, and I think the, the wings are going to do everything possible to make her comfortable. But I'm anxious to see her. I hope she comes over here. I, I think that would be, you know, sometimes they draft players and they want them to stay over there a year just to get more conditioning. I hope that's not the case for a walk because she is really immensely talented and she's going to be fun to watch too. 
And anytime you've got a player like that with a super high upside, I mean, they're going to be growing pains. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you'd rather him be in the WNBA against this competition that she's trying to figure out, you know, and, and maybe this year it's not, uh, you know, I don't want to say a lost season or a redshirt season. Maybe she doesn't make the impact she's going to make in her sophomore year. But, right. uh, you know, the, the second year could be so much better if she just gets her feet wet. Well, you got to start somewhere, you know, and to me, throw her in the fire. You know, let her go after it. Let, let her let her see what it's like to play against the Candace Parkers, you know, and, and some of these other great players that are in the league that she's going to have to go against. You know, the Liz Cambages and people are going to knock you on your keister if you get in their way. She's got to she's got to learn that. And everything I've read about her and talked to the Wings management, she is a real smart cookie and she learns quickly. And the one thing she likes is a challenge. She's had a challenging life and she's overcome that. And I think that, uh, you know, you throw her in the fire and just see what happens. And she's going to be learning from the best. And she's going to be with the most talented 140 or 138 top players in the world. And you can't help but learn from that. And, you know, why not give her this season? You know, and, and she's not going to be playing 25 minutes a game, I don't think, at the beginning. You know, she she may go 10, 15 minutes here and there just to get her used to it. But by the end of the season, I'm anxious to see the improvement. And I think that's what the coaching staff and management are looking forward to. Well, and as we look at the <clears throat> WNBA as a whole, Ron, um, you look. You were just telling me off the air, so I'll just couch it with this, that you feel like the Aces are the favorites this year. Obviously, they're the betting favorite as well. What do you like about the Aces, and what do you think is going to kind of tip the scales as to whether or not they fulfill that potential? Well, you know, they finished 18-4 and four last year. Uh, they lost in the WNBA finals and they did that without Liz Cambage who opted out last year because of medical exemption. And you have Asia Wilson. I mean, come on, she was spectacular. And these two are really, uh, play well together. I mean, they really do. Um, you know, Angel McCautry, she got injured. She may not play this year. Uh, she had that injury, uh, over the weekend. Um, you know, Dierica Hamby, I mean, you know, Kelsey Plum, she missed last season with an Achilles. She's back. They added Chelsea Gray to run the point, which I think is is huge. And Caleb McBride, of course, she, she moved on to Minnesota. But I really think adding Chelsea Gray is major. Um, and Cam Beige, from what I've read and what I've seen, she's, she's in her best physical shape she's been in in years. That was not a big deal here when she played for Dallas. Um, she just... She just was not in really great shape, nor did she really want to get in great shape, to be honest with you. And she didn't play well with others here. Um, and as I was talking to one WNBA person over the weekend, and Las Vegas is the perfect team for her because of Bill Lambeer. I mean, uh, Bill and I really didn't get along together when I was two in the NBA and he was playing for Detroit. But I have a great deal of respect for him as a coach. And I think he can, you know, get to Liz Cambage. And he doesn't put up with any yin-yang. I mean, Bill doesn't care who you are. <laughs> you don't play, your butt's on the bench. But I think when you have that combination of Cambage and Wilson, they're really, really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing Kelsey Plum because she played so well two years ago, really came on strong. Um, and Kelsey's one of those good kids, too. You want us to succeed. So I think they've got all the, the makings of a, at least making it to the finals. And beyond that, Obviously, you've got the defending champs, but they do lose a lot off last oh. year's team. 
for Seattle. So I, how does that put them behind the eight ball and how do they overcome it? Um, Dan Hughes, Seattle, Dan Hughes, period. Dan Hughes, uh, caveat. He's a very close friend of our families. Um, Dan Hughes is perfect for this. He, he does not make excuses. His philosophy has always been, we can't worry about what we don't have. We got to play to our strengths. He's not going to be asking anybody to be like they were last year. He wants everybody to play this season. Um, but when you lose somebody like Alicia Clark, who, who played at Middle Tennessee, that to me is a big, big loss. Um, you know, I mean, and Natasha Howard, she goes to New York in a trade, which helped obviously the Wings get the number one pick. And Clark went to the Washington Mystics, although she's she's hurt. She's not going to be playing. Um, they did add Candace Dupree, which is huge. Uh, but I think the fact that you have Dan Hughes there, that's going to be, that's going to be major. I, I really, really believe it because they've got, they've got great players. Jewel Lloyd and Turin Canada in the backcourt. You know, Canada, I think is one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. Everybody talks about her offense and how quick she is. I saw her pick pockets last year. I mean, she is a good defensive player and Dan, Dan knows they're not going to be the team they were last year or two years ago, for instance, or three years ago when they won the title. They're going to be a different team, but Dan is a X and O mastermind. Um, you're not going to find too many coaches better than him, and I think he's going to have this team ready. I see them finishing in the top four. I really do. Um, you know, they just, again, because of Dan, uh, he, he makes a big difference. What's the – game that you're circling that you get to do this year that you're like, man, I can't wait for that day. I, I And obviously this can change throughout the season circumstance. We don't know how good one team's going to be versus another. But as you look down the line and you're like, man, I am glad I'm calling that game. I am excited. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, let's go. What's that game to you? This is going to sound really stupid. Saturday the 22nd, Seattle, the first game. Uh, that's the game I'm waiting to do because we're back and we're all going to have to take a big deep breath and have a sigh that we're back. We're back doing games. Um, I love when Phoenix comes here. I love when Los Angeles comes here. I love when Minnesota comes here because Cheryl Reeves does such a great job and she's going to have an outstanding team this season. Um, you know, we got a game probably if I had to force me to have a game, it'd probably be, uh, the June game against Washington, because that's going to be on big CBS. Nice. Um, you know, that's, you know, it, it was funny last year. I had a game on big CBS and I told my wife, I said, well, I've been on every network now. I've, <laughs> I was on CBS sports network, but never big CBS been on everybody else's. So that was, but I didn't get a t-shirt, John, come on. You can't give me a t-shirt that says CBS sports or a hat. I got no swag from them. You didn't. You didn't even get the jacket. Everybody no. gets the jacket. No. It seems like. No, no, I got. No, I got. I know guys down them. the street that have the jacket. I, I, I wanted to call Romo and say, "Hey, listen, why don't you just throw me some of your stuff you're throwing away, man? I'll, I'll be glad to exactly. wear it." Exactly. You know, I did get a CBS um, COVID mask yesterday, though. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. That's a big deal to me. Yeah, I mean, you're doing the game from your house. Uh, you don't have to wear the, the CBS yeah, mask. Well, that, that game will be there, but they said we don't have to wear masks. But, you know, that's the only swag I got from them. So hopefully by then I'll, I'll get a little CBS stuff from them. Oh, man, that's that's great. That's great. Well, I'm calling for you guys to uh, to have the jackets. I uh, I'll make you one. <laughs> I'll embroider your your uh, your CBS jacket for you. You know, it's funny. I, I, I have borrowed slash stolen 
uh, mic flags from everybody I've worked with. And I, I've got them in a, in a bookcase here in my office. And one of my first ones I ever got, do you remember Raycom? Yes. Raycom Sports. We used to have these little clip-on ugly things. And they clip it on your your uh, you know your pocket of your jacket. I've got one of those. I've got a clip on from TSI Sports, from KUTV Sports, which was the whack I was doing for. Um, just give me a clip on. It says CBS. I'll put that on. I don't mind wearing a clip on. Well, add you know, it to the something. shadow box. That's great, man. Yeah, because then when I go to Babe's, see, you know, there's a mm. Babe's fried chicken right by Arlington. And if the game's on a Saturday or Sunday, that's my stop on the way home. I can come in with a CBS thing, and people will be really impressed. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Maybe we'll get an extra, you know, chicken leg or something. Well, Ron, can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, I'm going to buy you babes after a Wings game the next time I see you. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, Reagan and I, that, that's our stop. That is our stop on weekends. You know, I mean, we got to we got to make sure our blood cholesterol levels 50 50, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> if uh, well, if Coach Peebley will let me uh, tag along, I will uh, I will buy oh. that night. And uh, man, I, I just can't wait to for get this. on your show. That's who you need to get on your show. Oh, uh, man. I, there that, is, she came on no, with us last year. It was it was so good. And I'd love oh. to get an update from her. She uh, yeah, she was she was absolutely awesome. She is the best. And she just. She's one of, you know, everybody always asks me, John, over the years, uh, you know, who's my favorite coach? And I've always, I don't do it by wins and losses. I've always done it. Who would I let my son or daughter play for? Now, I had two daughters who were cheerleaders. There's probably in 45 years, there's probably a handful of coaches I'd let my children play for. And Reagan's one of them. Uh, just because she puts academic first, she puts them personally first, and then then there's basketball. She just does a great job, and uh, she's she's one of those people you just like being around too. I didn't even say you know you get to do the TCU games as well. You get to do yeah. Reagan's games, so that's that's a lot of fun too. That that that's been a ball. The only problem is we got to do our open sitting down because she's like eight feet taller than me. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we got to play to the camera for sure. Well, exactly, Ron. Can't thank you enough, man. This won't be the last time I ask you to be on because you're just too good. Just really appreciate it, and I hope you have the most enjoyable season you've had uh, in a long time. Thank you, my brother. Blessings to you and your family. Ron Thulin, the play-by-play announcer for the Dallas Wings here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Man, I was just so encouraged by just getting to have that conversation today. A highlight of my day, highlight of my week And I hope it was fun for you as well and just kind of gets you pumped, gets the juices flowing, gets the blood pumping as we get close to the WNBA regular season. I'll be back next week with another show. Not sure it's going to be yet, but I guarantee you another show and it's going to be fun. So first off, I want to remind you who you're becoming and where you're going. So much more important than where you've been. And... Our announcer is Susie Solis. Our music by Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com. Aaron Barzilai is our executive producer. I'm John Little reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.